You're listening to Amazing Discoveries Audio. This is Dragon's Realm, Episode 3, with Eric Wilson. We're going to pick up where we left off at our last meeting. We want to take a look at the science or sorcery of martial arts, miracles, myths, and magic. If you will, bow your heads with me and let's ask the Lord to be with us. Father in heaven, Jehovah God, we ask you, Father, for your blessing tonight. And Father, we thank you for your blessing. For you have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that your spirit will be here and that your name will be glorified. Father, open our eyes that we might see and our ears that we might hear your voice. And Father, help me. Help me to make this clear. And Father, I thank you. And I thank you for the protection of your holy angels. I know they are here for you have promised. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me, if you will, to a text in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Chapter 5, verse 20. The Lord tells us something here that is very important in the days that we're living. He says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness. We are seeing this happen everywhere. I know many of you that are out there, you can remember when you were young, when you were a child, And things weren't the way that they are now. That which used to be called evil, now people are saying it's okay. It's acceptable. And what's what's really scary is, is that many people in the ministry are saying it's okay. It's acceptable. I know the Bible says that, but the, the Bible needs to be updated. When we look at the martial arts... And when I say martial arts, I'm I'm including a lot with that. When we look at all the Eastern mystical practices, um, all of them are based on what's known as traditional Chinese medicine. All of the Eastern arts, whether they be in uh, Korea, whether they be in Japan or Okinawa or in Burma or Vietnam, any of those Asian cultures, those arts and those practices, those healing practices are based on traditional Chinese medicine. In these arts, we have some listed that are familiar here in the United States and in Canada or maybe wherever you live. Ayurveda is a a relatively new to the West. It's Hindu healing techniques. Ayurveda is based on the Hindu religion. It's based on the same spiritual energies that we've seen in the martial arts. You also see things called Reiki, Japanese energy healing. Reiki is a little bit, um, it's startling because the practitioners of Reiki, if you do research, they will openly admit that spirit guides are the ones that tell them how to help the patient. Now, when I was in the martial arts, after I made black belt, I became very involved in traditional Chinese medicine because it it was about qi. It was about energy. So you wanted to learn anything that you could about this energy. No matter which field it was in, 
we knew it was the same energy. So I began studying in, in things like acupuncture and acupressure and, and Qigong and Tai Chi. And you find that often, once you reach a certain level, you could put your hands on somebody and you would know without knowing how you knew what was wrong. Sometimes, um, I remember when I first started in the martial arts, sometimes I would be there training and the grandmaster would be there and a new person would walk in the room. Maybe they'd only been in the school for a month or two. And he would look at them um, for a moment. He would look at them and then he would whisper to me and he would say, this is what's wrong with them. They've had a fight at home. Um, they're having a problem with their girlfriend. Um, they've got some type of a physical ailment or a disability. And I would always wonder, how does he know? I mean, he hasn't went up and asked them. I knew he didn't have a personal relationship with them yet. How does he know what's wrong with them? And then after I had been in the martial arts for 18 or 20 years, my students would come in and you would hear in your mind, you would hear what's wrong. You would know without understanding how you knew. We would put hands on somebody. They would say, I'm not feeling well. And we would put hands on somebody. And you would say, you would get a, a picture sometimes or you would get an impression in your mind of what was wrong. And then you would be able to tell them how to fix what's wrong through the Eastern mystical practices. Acupuncture is becoming very popular in the United States. Unfortunately, even many Christians are being drawn into this web of deception. One of the things that, that surprised me about acupuncture, most people think of acupuncture, well, they've got to put the needle in and they insert it into the skin and that's going to relieve pain or it's going to fix cancer or it's going to fix uh, your hormonal problems or it's going to get rid of your migraine. Well, number one, the Bible says don't put any piercings in your flesh, period. God's Word says don't pierce the flesh intentionally. Secondly, after doing some study on this, I ran across an article by a pastor. And he had studied for many years specifically on acupuncture, trying to find out how is this working? Because a lot of people say it works. How is it working if it's not from God? Well, come to find out that many of the masters and grandmasters, the doctors in this art of acupuncture, they will tell you in their own writings that when you reach a certain level in the practice, you no longer have to use the needles. You can achieve the same results without the needle. And it starts like this. It starts with a needle. And then it'll start with just set the needle on the skin. I no longer have to insert the needle. And then the, the master will take his finger and put his finger there as though that's the needle. And one of the things that I read from uh, the Chinese in one of their ancient books, they said... The needle is only used as a channel for the energy from the master. A channel for the energy, for the chi, for the spirit that's going into that body. Acupressure, by putting hands on a person and they would will a certain effect in the body, a healing effect in the body. Chinese qi gong or qi gong, it's a qi work. It's healing the body through doing certain movements, certain Qigong poses. Often you would have to stand in a, in a position like I showed earlier, like this, and you would tuck your hips, and maybe you would do a tree hugging. 
And you would stand here and you would meditate like this 20 minutes, an hour. Sometimes, like after I made black belt, our instructor told us, you have to get in a low horse stance. And you sit like this on a balance beam for an hour or two hours. And you can't move. Now, I cannot do that any longer. (laughs) After just a few moments, you feel it. But when I was doing martial arts, we could do that for an hour with no problem. Iridology, the study of the eyes. When you do the research on the founder of iridology, you come to find out that he also had his influence from Eastern mysticism. Muscle testing and kinesiology. This is becoming rampant in the United States, and I'm, I'm sure it is you know, here in Canada as well. Muscle testing, they'll, they'll often tell you to hold your hand out. And they'll tell you to hold an herb up to your thymus gland. And then they'll push down on your arm. And if the arm goes down, then that means the herb's not good. But if your arm is strong, then they say, well, that herb will work for you. Your body likes that herb. I remember the first time I had somebody do this on me. I was still in the martial arts And I told him, I said, how does my body know which herb it likes and which one it doesn't like? And he said, because there's an electromagnetic attachment there. He said, it's like an energy. And when he said energy, that's what caught my attention. I said, what type of energy? And then I told him, I said, you know, I've been in martial arts for all these years. I said, I know about energy. I said, are you talking about electric energy or are you talking about spiritual energy? And he got quiet and he wouldn't go into any detail. Muscle testing does not work if you say a prayer and you bind the spirits from having any influence. They'll also do the thing with with the fingers. They'll say, hold your fingers together. And the practitioner will take his fingers and try to pull your fingers apart. If the herb is strong, then the fingers won't come apart. But if the herb is not good for the body, then the fingers come apart easily. What happens is, though, is, is there's, there's a, a low-grade form of hypnosis. You have an instructor or a doctor, someone who you look up to, you trust. He's got lots of wall charts, diagrams. He's got certificates. He's somebody that you believe in. And he tells you what's going to happen. He tells you when he looks into your eyes, um, I see in your right iris that you've had kidney problems. And you think... I didn't tell him that. How does he know I've had kidney problems? Or he says, I see that you've got um, a potential for cancer. Does your mom have cancer? And you go, how does he know that? And Christians are saying, he knew what was wrong. It has to be of God. What they don't realize is, is that the spirits, the spirit guides, are the ones that are impressing these doctors and these practitioners with that knowledge. They don't even know how they're getting that knowledge. The Bible tells us we have one place that we can go for truth. To the law and to the testimony of His Spirit. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Whenever you go to a practitioner and you feel unsure, that's the first sign. The Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Romans chapter 14. If you feel unsure... An easy way to test is by what the Scripture tells us. Try the spirits. Ask them, 
Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God? And do you believe that He came in human flesh? If they deny either one of those, walk away. If they deny anything that's in the Word of God, walk away. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 1, 5, For God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. On that former slide, you saw the yin and the yang. You see how there's light and darkness mixed? There's a little bit of light in the darkness, and there's a little bit of darkness in the light. That philosophy is what all Eastern mysticism is based on. So when we read that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all, no darkness, and with Him is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God's Word is true. The word truth, a few years ago I was reading, looking up verses on Esword, because I could type in a phrase and it'll bring up every place where that phrase is found in the Bible. And I typed in truth and I started just going through there, reading those verses. And I came to a verse, a very powerful verse in John 17, 17. The Lord Jesus Christ said something. He said, Father sanctify them, make them holy through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And I looked at that and I thought, okay, I understand that. I mean, I know what that means, but what does it really mean? Thy word is truth. I looked that word truth up in Greek. Do you know what the word means? It means verity or verily so. Thy word is verity. It is verily so. Every promise is yea and amen. God is not wishy-washy. He doesn't change His mind. He doesn't speak something and then come back and say, oops, I forgot, you know, I messed up. I take that back. He speaks it and He says, My word shall not return unto me void in Isaiah 55. We know that we are living in the last days. We know from the signs around us that we're living in the last days. And we have been given a promise in Revelation chapter 14. John said, I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. Now I want to pause here for a minute, and I want us to look at that just for a second. This angel... This begins the three angels' messages of Revelation 14. What what does the three angels' message begin with? The everlasting gospel. The first thing that God sends into the world is the glad tidings. What glad tidings? That He's faithful and He cannot lie. That His word is verily yea and amen. That every promise He's made is in Christ Jesus Yea, and amen, it is verily so. And this angel says with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment is come. This message that's going to the world in the last days, this is the same message that swept the world 2,000 years ago. Jesus came and spake unto His disciples after His resurrection on the day when He was going to ascend back to His Father. And He said, All power is given unto Me in heaven and on earth. 
Go ye therefore into all the world and preach or proclaim the glad tidings to every creature. How many Christians can you ask and they say, I know what the gospel is. Well, what's the gospel? Jesus died for our sins. Okay, is that glad tidings? What does that mean personally? He told us all power in heaven and on earth is given unto me. When I was younger, like a year ago, three years ago, I used to struggle with that because I was like, Jesus came to the earth. He went back to heaven. He's the same now as what he was then. And then I started realizing something as I read. He didn't go back to heaven as the Son of God alone. He went back to heaven as the man, Christ Jesus. What Adam lost in sin in Eden, Christ regained. Christ is the second Adam, the last Adam. When He ascended to the right hand of His Father, it was as the man, Christ Jesus. He is verily God and He is verily man, united as one. He tells us to proclaim the glad tidings. And then He says something, For he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. This is important. We need to understand what the word saved means, what salvation means. Look that word up. There was one day when I was reading in my Bible and I came across that word. It says, whosoever believes on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. And I had to pause. I was like, okay, so one day I'm going to get to go to heaven. And the Lord spoke in my heart and He said, Eric, look the word up. You're missing the gospel. The word salvation and saved in Hebrew and in Greek means five things. It means delivered, rescued, set free, healed, and made whole. That's why Jesus in in Luke chapter 4 said, I came to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted, to restore sight to the blind. He came 2,000 years ago to do that. And now, at the end of the world, He wants us to go and tell the rest of the world the glad tidings that you can believe every promise He has made to you. Mark chapter 16 Mark records the same words of Christ, the same discourse right before Jesus went back to heaven. But listen to what he says. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new languages. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Can we believe God's Word? Can we believe that Word? When I looked there and I said, they shall take up serpents. What does that mean to take up serpents? When you look in the Greek, it literally means to loose the hold of. Serpents that have bound people in sin and transgression. Do you remember when Paul was there in the book of Acts and that serpent came out of the fire and latched onto his arm? What did Paul do? Was he afraid? Do you know what he did? He took hold of it and he threw it into the fire. Do you know what I used to think? I thought that was a miracle. Paul just out of nowhere decided he could do that. Paul did that based on faith. Because in the Gospels, Jesus told us, I give you power over serpents and scorpions and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Paul knew what Jesus had promised and he believed him. 
And because he believed, he walked and lived by faith. Satan now in these last days is going to try to counterfeit what he knows the Lord is going to do through his people. This is a quote from a a very popular book, The Great Controversy. Listen to what the writer says under the inspiration of the Lord. Servants of God with their faces lighted up and shining with holy consecration will hasten from place to place to proclaim the message from heaven. What message? The glad tidings. By thousands of voices all over the earth, the warning shall be given. Now look at these words. Miracles will be wrought. The sick will be healed. Was that not what Jesus promised us in Mark 16? And signs and wonders will follow the believers. You have to believe God's Word before His Spirit can work in you. So how do I get to the place where I believe? Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So you open up the Word of God and you read those promises. And as you read those promises out loud, His Spirit, which is in those words, comes into you and fulfills God's Word in your life. Satan also works with lying wonders, even bringing down fire from heaven in the sight of men. Thus the inhabitants of the earth will be brought to take their stand. Do you understand? God's people are going to be working miracles, true miracles under the power of the latter rain. Under the power of the latter rain, Satan will be counterfeiting those miracles and he'll be claiming an anointing as well. And it says the inhabitants of the earth will be brought to take their stand. This is the same thing that Elijah said when he said, Choose ye this day whom you will serve. It's the same thing that Joshua said. Which God? Choose. Choose. Satan is a diligent Bible student. He knows that his time is short, and he seeks at every point to counterwork or counterfeit the work of the Lord upon this earth. It is impossible to give any idea of the experience of the people of God who shall be alive upon the earth when celestial glory and the repetition of the persecutions of the past are blended. Do you know the Bible says the earth will be covered in darkness? But that's what's going to make God's people shine like the sun. They will walk in the light proceeding from the throne of God. By means of the angels, there will be constant communication between heaven and earth. Do you understand now why the Lord tells us in 1 John to test the spirits? There's going to be angels that are speaking to God's people. He says you try the spirits. Don't believe every spirit that comes to you as an angel of light. You test them. And He tells us how to know if they're true. And Satan, surrounded by evil angels and claiming to be God, will work miracles of all kinds to deceive, if possible, the very elect. God's people will not find their safety in working miracles. Remember, God's people are going to be anointed with the Holy Spirit, working miracles. Satan's people, those that are living for, following, and under His influence, will be working miracles. She says, God's people will not find their safety in working miracles. 
for Satan will counterfeit the miracles that will be wrought. God's tried and tested people are to take their stand on the living word. Living means life-giving. When the Lord says unto you, Arise, my son and my daughter, shake yourself from the dust. There's life in that word. Just like that man at the pool of Bethesda, when he told him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the man said, But Lord, but, but he was listening to what Satan was saying, But I've sinned so many times. I've fallen so many times. I've had this disease for so long. Jesus says, Wilt thou be made whole? He says, arise and walk. The apostles did the same thing. Do you remember Peter and John when they were going into the temple in the book of Acts? And they went in and they saw that man that had been crippled and he was sitting there, could not walk at the temple gate. And every day, everybody came to the temple, they passed by that man, they knew that man. And Peter came up to him and he said something because he believed God's Word. He said something. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And you know what's beautiful? He reached down and he took him by the hand because he knew the man's faith might not be strong enough to stand on his own. Do you know that we are told by the servant of the Lord that's what we are to do? She said, children of God and servants of God, we are to go and speak words of faith. These miracles that are taking place. Satan is doing everything that he can to prepare the world through television, through Hollywood, through entertainment, through media, through games, through literature, and through science. This is Scientific America. Look at the cover of that, the brain's dark energy. When you look at that picture, does it give you a feeling of righteousness? Listen to this quote from Xing Ming a martial artist and author. He says, The purpose of refinement of consciousness, the refining of consciousness through the martial arts is to develop the latent abilities of the human body and brain. He's telling us that we've already got these abilities in us if we'll just develop them through the martial arts and Eastern mysticism. To cultivate supranormal capabilities in the human body and supranormal powers of consciousness. I want you to think back to Genesis chapter 2 and 3. Have we not heard those same words before? You have within you divinity already. You only have to develop it. Mori Ayueshiba, the founder of Aikido, said, Everyone has a spirit that can be refined and a body that can be trained in some manner, a suitable path or way to follow. You are here to realize your inner divinity and manifest your innate enlightenment. This is the founder of Aikido. If he believes that, what do you think the Shihans, the 7th degree, the 8th degree, the 5th degree, the 1st dawn, what do you think is being passed down that line? If the founder is teaching that to his masters, and his masters are teaching that to those disciples, and those disciples are teaching it to the students. And those students are helping your son and your daughter. What spirit do you think is being passed? Another quote from Earl Montague. 
Some call this the power of God. Others call it universal power. That should ring a bell when we think about the Church of Rome. And many a genius has talked about the elusive other 90% of the brain that we never use. But it is my belief and experience that the power comes from other sources. From sources around the body, but yet very close to it and attached to it. In traditional Chinese medicine, it is called Shen or spirit. And this is the power that we are able to tap into to change our physical circumstances, to stop others from attacking us, cause others to do what you wish them to do just as long as it is positive and good. Do you know that this energy is being taught throughout the world, not just in the martial arts right now? It's being taught through all sorts of corporate Uh, motivational speakers. This concept of yin and yang, the concept of yin and yang, where this power is, is, it comes from. There can be no chi unless you unify yin and yang. I'm showing you what they say, what the Chinese say. Yang is known as positive, male, Daytime, sunshine, active, logical, hot, hard, like bone. Yin is known as negative or feminine. Nighttime, passive, the moon rather than the sun. Intuitive knowledge, cold and soft. And what they tell you, this is a beginner's map here. This is a beginner's explanation. They tell you that you have to join these two but they don't tell you what these things really represent. They don't tell you the true symbol. For yin and yang also represent fire and water, heaven and earth. They are trying to bring heaven and earth and join them together. But the heaven that the Buddhists, the Taoists, and Hindus are speaking of is not the heaven where Jehovah, Yahweh lives. It's not the heaven that our our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ ascended back to. It's the heavens. It's those heavens that Paul spoke about where the spirits, the principalities and powers still fly. I'm going to show you right here a few of the symbols for yin and yang. A few symbols that all mean the same thing. The original yin and yang is that circle at the top. It's called an enso by the Japanese. If you look at it, one side appears as though it almost has a head, a larger ball on the end. The other side is more frayed. That's also seen in the Ouroboros that you see in the occult, the serpent swallowing its own tail. That enso, that changed into the circle with the dot in the middle. And you realize now when the Chinese say that yin and yang is the joining of male and female, that's what that symbol is. The circle represents the female and the point in the center represents the male. Now you begin to understand why fornication and sexual impurity is rampant in all of the occult and all of the pagan religions. Because they know through the joining of these two, Spirits can be passed. 
The circle with the dot became the yin and the yang. I'll show you another symbol there, the hexagram. The hexagram is actually a male and a female triangle. I learned this when I was in the Filipino martial arts. Everything we did in the Filipino martial arts was based on a male and a female triangle. If my opponent attacked me in a straight line, I always moved off that line at this angle. Or I would retreat off the line on that angle. And they taught you that by joining the male and the female triangle, that power and victory was guaranteed. The next symbol is a Hindu symbol. You see the hexagram, the six-pointed star, and it has a curious symbol in the center, a swastika. Most people in the world, when they see a swastika, they think of Hitler. They think of Nazi Germany. They don't realize that Hitler adopted that symbol from the Hindu mystics. He sent many troops to Tibet and to the Himalayan mountains to get every piece of information he could on the Hindu religion. He wanted to understand spiritual power, but he did not want anything to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. That symbol of the swastika is the same symbol. When you draw it out, it's the same symbol of the joining of heaven and earth, the joining of male and female. You see the swastika with the circle above. That is a Buddhist cauldron that that is emblazoned on. The symbol below is a Chinese idol that is a Buddha. And you see emblazoned on his chest the symbol for the swastika. Symbols are very important because they stand for the powers that are behind them. So when a student comes into a school, um, I remember back in the 80s, a lot of people wore headbands when they worked out. I know that's a little old-fashioned now, but when you looked at the martial artist, they'd have a headband and it would have a symbol right here where the seal of God is supposed to be given. You look at the shirts or the uniforms. Most of the uniforms in almost any dojo across the world, they'll have a main symbol for the style, and it'll be located right on top of the heart of the student. This is a quote from General Albert Pike. He was a Civil War general. He wrote the book, Morals and Dogma. Many people that are out there watching and listening tonight may be familiar with that book. But listen to what he said and compare that to what we have just heard from the martial artists and the Eastern mystics. He says, yes, Lucifer is God. And unfortunately, Adonai, which we know as Jehovah or Christ, is also God. For the eternal law is that there is no light without shade. There is no beauty without ugliness. No white without black. For the absolute, and you see that word absolute? That's capitalized because that's what they call God. The great architect of the universe. For the absolute can only exist as two gods. Darkness being necessary to light. Do you think that he came up with that from Freemasonry? Or do you think Freemasonry borrowed that from the Chinese, the Hindus, and the Buddhists? It's amazing to me because many people will say that. When they see the yin and the yang, they say, well, you have to have night and you have to have day. You have to have hot and you have to have cold. And I read something and I can't nail down for sure who the author was. 
but it's reported that it was written by Albert Einstein. But the, the quote, and you can find the full quote on our website, it was about a boy in a classroom, a young man. And the professor was teaching this idea of you have to have both. You have to have light and darkness. One can't exist without the other. And he brought something out that I found very fascinating. He said, he said Professor, excuse me, there is no such thing as cold. It doesn't exist. And the professor said, that's ignorant. I mean, what do you mean? Of course, it, you know when it's cold. And he said, sir, he said, the lowest temperature that can ever be read is like 350 or 352 degrees below zero. They can't go any deeper than that. There's a set number and they can't go any colder than that. What would stop them? He said, when you look at heat, heat is immeasurable. It continues in that direction. Cold, therefore, is just the absence of heat. Darkness, therefore, is just the absence of light. They are not equal. I talked to you a few moments ago about this, this ideology, this power to influence your circumstances, to influence and control other people. And they say that it's supposed to be used for good. But who decides what's good? If they walk away from the Word of God, who says what is good, what is right? This lady, Oprah Winfrey, over the last 10 or 15 years, she has interviewed and hosted on her show more New Age teachers than I can name. If you do the research, you'll find that she's teaching the same thing. She's teaching a belief that we are God, that everyone has God already in them. If everybody has God or deity in them, why do we need Jesus Christ? If we just have to develop this, this innate energy that's within us, why would we need a power outside of and above ourselves? The other man, Tony Robbins, this man is very, very big in the corporate world. They are hosting huge meetings and conventions with this man. You see some of his advertising, Unleash the Power Within. I've actually seen film footage on YouTube of him taking Oprah Winfrey as well as hundreds of other people and training them how to walk through coals of fire. And you think, what does this have to do with corporate America? What does this have to do with self-esteem and self-confidence and self-defense? And he tells them, if you can do this, you can do anything. You see, you have the power already within you to walk across these coals of fire without being burned. You know, I always wondered, I was like, why is that such a big deal in the Asian cultures, in the Hindu and, and the Eastern cultures, and in other cultures around the world that are pagan in their ideology? Why is walking on coals of fire such a big, um, a big goal? Do you know the Bible says so? In Ezekiel chapter 28, it talks about Lucifer before he fell and it says, you walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. It is Lucifer, it is Satan that is inspiring these people to do this. Look at this quote from Tony Robbins. Success is doing what you want, when you want, where you want, with whom you want, as much as you want. 
This is a man that is training people, even pastors, all over the United States, all over the world. He's been to visit presidents and countrymen. Listen to what he said, then look at the quote from Aleister Crowley. Do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Desire is the greatest law, whatever pleases you. This is a counterfeit of the last message God is going to give to the world. The the, the message of righteousness by faith. They are teaching through A a Course in Miracles and through this video that came out a number of years ago called The Secret. And they've had more videos that have followed. This is being placed into the hands of leaders and teachers and country politicians and, and men and women that have influence. And they're telling you that if you speak it, you can claim it. If you want to be wealthy, start saying, I'm wealthy. And it'll come to you. They call it the law of attraction. What you speak is what will come to you. Do you see how subtle a counterfeit that is to the truth of righteousness by faith? God's Word says, speak my words. Speak my words, not what you want, what I want. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 8 through 13. I'm going to turn there real quickly. This is one of the most powerful passages in Scripture. Romans chapter 10 Verse 8 through 13, it says, What saith it? What saith righteousness by faith? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. For out of the heart the mouth speaks. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord. The word Lord means sovereign, king. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the sovereign King, and if you believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be delivered, set free, healed, and made whole. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation." So if I can find a promise that God has made to me in His Word, and I know that every promise He has made is yea and amen in Christ Jesus, I can claim that promise by faith in God. By faith that He will do what He has promised, just like Abraham did. Listen to this statement from early writings. I saw the rapidity with which this delusion was spreading. A train of cars was shown me, going with the speed of lightning. The angel bade me look carefully, look carefully at this train. I fixed my eyes upon the train. It seemed that the whole world was on board, that there could not be one left. Then said the angel, they are binding in bundles ready to burn. Then he showed me the conductor of the train, who appeared like a stately, fair person, and whom all the passengers looked up to and reverenced. I was perplexed, and I asked my attending angel who it was. He said, It is Satan. He is the conductor in the form of an angel of light. He has taken the world captive. They are given over to strong delusion that they might believe a lie that they all might be damned. And they are all going with lightning speed to perdition.
We must examine well the foundation of our faith. Examine well God's Word. What saith the Lord? For we shall have to give a reason for our faith from the Scriptures. This delusion will spread, and we shall have to contend with it face to face. Do you all realize a movie came out this past year called Resurrection? Did anybody see the advertisements for that? It was on ABC or NBC television. A little boy died and came back from the dead. A few months later, another movie came out in theaters worldwide saying the same thing. Spiritualism and spiritism are hand in hand. This delusion will spread and we shall have to contend with it face to face. And unless we are prepared for it, we shall be ensnared and overcome. But if we do what we can on our part to be ready for the conflict that is just before us, God will do His part and His all-powerful arm, Christ Jesus, will protect us. He would sooner send every angel out of glory to the relief of faithful souls to make a hedge about them than to have them deceived and led away by the lying wonders of Satan. Paul tells us in Romans, if God be for us, who then can be against us? Acquaint yourself with the Scripture. Know that God is for you and not against you. I want to thank you all for coming tonight. I thank the viewers for watching and listening. And I ask you, if you have more interest, contact us. Contact Amazing Discoveries about getting the film, The Dragon Revealed. Or contact us at the website if you would like free information. The two websites that we have there will help. And you, also, you can also call or email us. Let's have prayer. Father in heaven, Father, we thank you for your word, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that your word is yea and amen. It is verily so. Nothing can be added to it, nothing taken from it, regardless of what we feel, whatever we feel, whatever we see, whatever we hear. Father, regardless of these things, we can trust in your word. I ask that you will be with each person that is watching and viewing and with all of the audience that is here, all of my brothers and sisters. Father, I ask that you will bless us with your Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that you will open the windows of heaven and pour out your promise upon your people and upon all flesh. Father, we ask in faith and we thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name, amen. If this episode impacted you, please share it with others. Amazing Discoveries is a donor-supported ministry. To help us keep producing content like this, visit AmazingDiscoveries.org. And, as always, you can find the visual presentation of this episode on ADTV.watch.